Welcome to MPT Podcast. This is Pastor Tim Wilbanks. We pray that this Word of God will bless your life and ministry increase God's blessing upon you. Praise the Lord, everybody. Doesn't it feel good to be in the house of the Lord on this beautiful Sunday morning? Amen. It is such an honor to be able to stand here today, the second Sunday in a row. Uh, Pastor Woolbanks usually has me on a Sunday night, so I'm usually this church's Sunday night preacher. But I am honored to get to stand before you today on this wonderful Sunday morning. The Spirit of the Lord is in this place. And I believe that God wants to move in a very special way. And before I move forward, before I give, well, I better go ahead. Give Pastor Woolbanks honor and First Lady, Sister Woolbanks, all the ministry, all the, the worship team, the singers, all the Sunday school teachers and the staff and the media. For any of you that have any part in, you know, doing what God, are you following the burden and the heartbeat of the pastor for this church, for ministry, thank you for having a servant's heart. Thank you for coming in here and, and offering your life and your time for the work and the will of God. I mean, I give you high honor today. I'm thankful for the liberty that I always feel behind this pulpit to preach the word unadulterated, unfiltered. And I believe that God has an awesome word this morning. If you will, as you're standing, if you have your Bibles or if you have your Bible app on your phone or if you can look on the screen, we'll go to Hosea. We're going to be starting at chapter 2. We'll start at verse 14. I just want to speak what I feel like God was dealing with me about at the beginning of this service. As I was walking up at the front just praying, worshiping God, I felt like God put in my spirit that he wants to pour mercy out in this place this morning. I'm not talking about a prosperity mercy I mean the mercy of God that can genuinely heal parts of your life that for years you didn't know needed healing because your heart was so hardened by things that have happened to you people that have hurt you or maybe it was by your own sin but the mercy of God is in this place this morning and I promise you I'm going to read and I'm going to preach and I'll leave and I'll be back tonight but before I say anything else, if you want to receive the mercy of God, then you can't reject the conviction of God. Because we're supposed to seek out our own salvation with fear and trembling. And it's not because God is just some mean guy in the sky. It's because we have to understand that sin in our life has consequences but in the same way that it has consequences God also has mercy 
that can prevent those consequences and that can forgive us and restore us. So I expect you to receive the mercy, but if I sound like I'm being rough this morning, I don't mean it to hurt you. I mean it because if we're going to experience the mercy of God, we have to have an understanding. I deserve judgment. I deserve to die and go to a devil's hell. But the mercy of God is what can restore us in this place today. If we'll say in a few moments at this altar, God, I'm tired of running. I'm tired of living that way. There's some of you in this room right now that God has put a spirit of conviction on you. And it's so strong. And you're uptight and you feel like everybody's watching you. No, it's because there's a word about to go forth here in this place. And that God wants to speak to some people. In Jesus' name, Hosea chapter 2, verse 14. Therefore, behold, I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak comfortably unto her. And I will give her her vineyards from thence and the valley of Achor for a door of hope. And she shall sing there as in the days of her youth and as in the day when she came up out of the land of Egypt. Skip down with me to verse 22. And the earth shall hear the corn and the wine and the oil and they shall hear Jezreel. And I will sow her unto me in the earth and I will have mercy upon her that had not obtained mercy. And I will say to them which were not my people, thou art my people. And they shall say, thou art my God. Can we lift up our hands for just a few moments as Sister Wilbanks continues to play? <sighs> Hallelujah. Can we be honest here in this place for just a few moments and say, God, before the preacher preaches, God, I need a touch of your mercy right now. God, I've been ignoring you. God, I've been running from your voice. I've been running for your will, from your will for years of my life. I have no peace in my life. I'm tormented in my mind at night. I battle fear and a spirit of fear and hesitation. If I come back to God, what will they say? If I come back to church, what will they say? They know me. They know my past. Maybe God's convicting somebody here in this place because you've entangled yourself with some things that you shouldn't be entangled with. And God's begging and pleading by the drawing of His Spirit. Come back to me. Maybe God's calling somebody to break some things off so we can walk with Him. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I don't have a title this morning, but I want to preach to you just a few moments what God has put on my heart. In the book of Hosea chapter 2, we read about the Lord speaking of this woman it was seen by my opening scriptures. From the context I've given you, it 
gives us no context. It gives us no idea alluding to who this woman is that the Lord is speaking of. But if you continue to read throughout the book of Hosea and the story of Hosea, you would find that this woman that it seems to be that God is speaking of is the nation of Israel. And the nation of Israel, we have to understand, they were God's chosen people. And many times throughout your Bible, you would read where God compares Israel to his bride. Because we are to have a relationship with God. So God created his people to have an intimate relationship with him. And we read in this story that somehow Israel has wandered away from God. Somehow that Israel has strayed and has walked away from God. But we see in the scripture that God spoke that he would allure her. That he was going to bring her back. And we found out in the scripture that Israel was constantly straying away from God. It was perpetual, almost habitual. This is a thing that happened constantly. If you read in the other books of the Bible, in the Old Testament prophets, you read in the book of Jeremiah. And we read about the people of Judah, one of the tribes of Israel. Constantly disobeying God, constantly running from God, constantly refusing and rejecting God. But not only did they reject God, they went to false gods. Those false gods and the heart of Judah, you could fill in the blank and say maybe those false gods were vices that could not heal them. Addictions that could not fulfill them, could not sustain them. Judah, Israel, all these people that God had chose and that God had anointed and that God had a purpose for were constantly rejecting Him and were constantly running from Him and were constantly running from the plan that God had for their life. The Bible said that it broke His heart when the people of Israel ran from him, that it destroyed his heart when his own bride walked away. I want to give you some context. The book of Hosea is based around a man, a prophet of God. And God spoke to Hosea, this prophet of the Lord. The Bible says, Hosea chapter 1 verse 2. The beginning of the word of the Lord by Hosea. And the Lord went to Hosea, Go take unto thee a wife of whoredoms and children of whoredoms. For the land hath committed great whoredom, departing from the Lord. So he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Deblaine, which conceived and bare a son. We read in this story, God spoke to this prophet to Mary which just might shock some of you religious people if you've never heard this, a prostitute. And God spoke to this prophet and said, I'm going to use this marriage as an image of what my people have done to me. 
God had married Israel. God had an intimate relationship with His people that He chose that He would end up dying for. These people that He had such a love for. God would display that same act of love through the prophet Hosea marrying a prostitute. I won't ask for a show of hands this morning, but has anybody ever been in a relationship or maybe a marriage? Well, it shouldn't be anything other than a marriage where you've been intimate with somebody. A marriage where you've had a husband, ladies, or men, you've had a wife. And they've been unfaithful. God only knows. I can't even fathom the kind of pain that that can inflict on somebody. I, I, I really have a hard time even comprehending that kind of pain that would come from somebody who's supposed to be closer to you than anybody else in your life. And it seems like they just forget about every vow. They forget about all the times they were there when nobody else was there. They forget about the times when they were sick laying in the bed, but nobody cared about Their mama didn't care about them. Maybe their daddy didn't care about them, but you were still there. My God, I can't comprehend that kind of pain that would come from your loved one or your spouse, that one that was created for you by God to walk away and to abandon you for another lover and I believe I have a word for this church today there are many of you sitting on a pew this evening, this morning and you've left God you walked away from God and now you're beginning to embrace other lovers Lovers of alcoholism, lovers of a comfortable lifestyle, lovers of drugs and multiple affairs. Can I tell you this morning, nothing can satisfy you in what you're seeking like the presence of God can satisfy you. I'd like to know this morning that I had a chance, I had an opportunity in a few moments to get to an altar and say, God, I know I've walked away. Oh, God, I know I've been unfaithful. God, I know I've done some things that aren't right. But I know if I have an opportunity to receive some mercy, I'll come to the altar. I'll forsake that evil lifestyle. I'll walk away from it. I may not be preaching you and getting you to shout, oh, but there's something deep that God wants to do in this place. This morning, God began to speak to me all last week as I was trying to hear from the Lord about this service, and He began to deal with me about an influx of backsliders. Oh, throughout this city and maybe within a hundred mile radius that God is ready to send back to this body. It hasn't been there for years or maybe months, maybe just for a couple weeks. But there is a revival of prodigals that God is wanting to send to this church. They've walked away from God. They've left God. They're going and they're living an alternate lifestyle. They're living a wicked life. They're serving gods that can't answer. They're praying to gods that can't hear. They're bound by addiction they're hurting and I'm preaching to some backsliders here in this place right now you've wandered from him the condition of your sin and those evil lovers have left you wicked and has left you unclean dirty and broken but can I tell you the mercy of God can do in just a few moments what the world could never do the oh, 
God can heal. God can restore. God can forgive. God can give you mercy. God will fix you in the condition that the world left you in. Can we lift up our hands and talk to the Lord for just a moment? Come on, can anybody in this place be honest? Oh, I've walked away from God. I'm battling thoughts in my mind. I'm battling spirits. Oh, and I'm sorry. Admitting you in this place, if you're not... are comfortable with this or you're not new to this or accustomed to it I'm telling you there's a spirit world and there's things we can fight in our life that without God that without a relationship with God it will torment us it will will bind our minds and cause us to live in torment but I wonder for just a few moments if I have a church that can lift up their hands and begin to pray for God to move on somebody in this place Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I tell you, the mercy of God is so real. I've experienced it in my life, Pastor Wilbank, several times in my life. At a young age, I would battle things addiction-wise. Many people don't face until years of their life. And I'm not here to brag in the flesh on my path. Oh, I, I know what it feels like to hold a bottle of beer and whiskey up to my lips. I know what it feels like to wander and be entangled in sexual sin as just a child. I know what it feels like to wander and walk away from the things of God and I've tasted the mercy of God I've witnessed some mercy of God the mercy of God can heal families the mercy of God can heal and deliver from addictions and for years of childhood trauma sexual trauma years and years of baggage the mercy of God hallelujah the mercy of God can heal. It can deliver. It can forgive of all sin. But if we want to experience that mercy of God, we have to understand that mercy is a gift from God. And it is not something you deserve. So you can sit there in all your entitlement. And oh, I can come to, I can live that evil lifestyle throughout the week and I can come back to church and everything will be fine. I know my mama taught me how to pray. I know I can get down after I do that and God will forgive me. I know I can live however I want to, Pastor, and God won't destroy me. God's merciful. Can I tell you this morning, if you live a lifestyle such as that, you will never truly taste of the mercy of God, but you will taste of judgment. I'm not doing that for your hand clap. I'm going to be honest. I don't know if I'd be clapping my hands at that or not. Can I be real? We love the mercy of God. Because it gives us peace at night. Again. We love the mercy of God because... It lifts that weight of baggage off of us. And we can walk home and and be okay. But we don't like to talk about 
the judgment of God. And it's just as real as mercy. Judgment comes before mercy. Can I tell somebody in this place? You can take, I know there are times we slip. I know there are times we fall, but can I tell you, if you're playing with the mercy of God, you're playing a very dangerous game. You listen to this young preacher with tears in his eyes, you hear him. Please, mercy takes a lifestyle change. I'd hate to know that I sat through this thing on my phone. I'd hate to know that I saw his countenance. I saw he was young, so I just kind of overlooked it. I'd hate to know that judgment didn't have to hit my house. And it did. Because I wouldn't yield to mercy. Because I wouldn't yield my life to God and I refuse to change. I, I refuse to walk away. I, I refuse to quit indulging in the sin of the world. Uh, I know I'm not real loud right now, but God is doing something. Here's what the Word says if you don't believe me. Hosea chapter 4. Starting verse 6. My people, not those people, my people, are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. And thou shalt be no priest to me. That means you can't even worship him anymore. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of God, I will also forget thy children. My people are destroyed of a lack of knowledge. It's not talking about what you learned in first or second grade. It's not talking about being witty. The knowledge God was talking about we find at the latter end of that verse when he said, Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of God, you've forgotten that if any man commit adultery, thou shalt surely be put to death. You forgot. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not lie with thy neighbor's wife. Honor thy father and mother. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Because you forgot the word of God. Because you forgot that there are consequences to sin. Because you forgot you can't live however you want. Because you forgot that you can't live in addiction and go to heaven. I will also forget thy children. This ain't a message of condemnation. But this is a message saying you can't reject the law and still have mercy. Oh my God. I'm here to tell you this morning. God's mercy can heal. It can restore. And it can change. But I tell you what it can't do. It can't make you live right. It can't make you put the bottle down. It can't make you quit shooting up. It can't make you quit hooking up. I'm telling you, I'd like to know that I got it right. I'm sorry. You have to give me a minute. 
make you live right. And you say, oh, that boy's eccentric. He's crazy. No, you don't know me very well. That word that's weighing on me is like a fire shut up in my bones. And uh, you don't understand many times when a preacher stands up behind a pulpit and he begins to preach and all those spirits of fear and intimidation get to bucking up against him. I'm here to tell you, something happens and uh, something starts stirring in him. He can't quite control himself. So excuse me if I sound crazy. Excuse me if I sound a little dramatic or full of charisma. But I'm here to tell you that word that God has for this church and from somebody running from it, that word shook up in my bones and I can't quit until I lose this you can call me crazy oh but you can call me gone there's going to be a day when the Lord shall descend from heaven with the shout and with the voice of the archangel and he's going to come back to judge the world I'd like to know that I got my life right I'd like to know that I got the sin out while I still could I'd like to know I laid it down and I let God deal with it Somebody needs to talk to God right now. Somebody needs to lift up their hands right now and talk to Him. Uh, The book of Lamentations says this. It is above the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. And His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. That word faithfulness is almost the exact opposite of the word whoring. Because they're both verbs. But whoring means to continually leave something. And that word faithfulness means to totally, always, 24-7, be committed to something. So I'm here to preach to somebody. The Bible said in the book of Hosea that Israel had a spirit of whoredom which drove them out from under their God. Can I tell you while you were running from God while your sin was driving you from God the faithfulness of God was running to you while you were running from Him. His mercy and His grace and His long suffering it was running to you while you were running from Him. God's running after somebody. God's pursuing somebody. In this church, there are people, you haven't been here for months or years, I don't know you, but there's some people in this place, and you've ran from the call of God as a child, and you felt the anointing of the Holy Ghost, and you felt the power of God's Spirit fall on you, and tell you you had a call to preach, but oh, but there was a spirit of whoredom. There, there was a satisfaction with the way you're living that drove you from your God. Jesus. Remember the law of God. Thou shalt 
Worship the Lord God. Love the Lord God with all thy heart, all thy soul, might, and strength. Don't forget the law. Don't forget that there are consequences to sin. I feel to, to share a couple more things with this church. I promise you I'm, I'm, I'm not hard. I'm not a hard person. But I just don't believe. I don't think I could sleep at night knowing that I preached a half gospel. There, there are a lot of churches that do that. And, and there are a lot of churches that I believe that God anointed those men at times in their life. But I can't just tell you God's mercy is real if I don't tell you God's judgment is real. And, and so if you're going to be mad, you can be mad at me if you want. But can I ask, don't be mad at me. Be mad at God if that's the case. Because I'm preaching His word. And sometimes it hurts us. Sometimes it steps on our toes and we feel like, oh, well, uh, that preacher talked to the pastor. and uh, Well, I spilled all my junk to pastor a couple Sundays ago in his office. And uh, this young preacher just knows because Pastor Wilbanks told him, no, that's not what this is. God is speaking. And I don't know if that happened or not, but I'm giving you an illustration. If you read about the shepherd much in the Bible. You read about these shepherds that cared for flocks of, of sheep and lambs. There is a story about this prodigal son. Many of you have heard it. You've heard your pastor preach it. But there are two sons and there's a rich dad. And one of the sons wanted all his inheritance. And he left his father's house. You've heard that. And we know he goes in the pig pen and he gets dirty and he comes back to the father's house filthy. He, he spent everything he had. And you've heard that story. We know that's the backslider. But I want to allude to you a, a different story of the prodigal son. Psalms 51. You read about David repenting because he has failed to sin with Bathsheba. He's committed adultery. A man of God. Yes, men of God can even fall and slip. And this man of God in this chapter was repenting and asking God to forgive him. God, if you don't hear anything else I'm saying, please hear what I'm about to tell you. And the Bible gives this account in that story in Psalms 51. David writes this. We know he writes, create me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Cast me or not away from thy presence. But he says this one scripture, and it always used to turn my head until I realized what he was talking about. David writes, make me to hear joy and gladness. For the bones, that the bones that thou hast broken may rejoice. To many of you, that don't sound like anything. But... In a young shepherd boy, it meant something. David knew what it felt like to be with the sheep and to take care of the flock. And when David, which had been away from God, he was anointed of God, when this man that had walked away from God, you have to understand, he was anointed. He was a type and shadow of Israel. He left God. He sinned. He walked away. He wasn't faithful. The shepherd boy knew what it felt like to have sheep that wandered away from the shepherd. And the shepherd would do what many real pastors do. 
When the shepherd would catch that sheep that kept wandering off into the woods, the shepherd would go up to that rebellious little lamb and he'd break the legs of that lamb. One of the legs, sometimes both back legs. To every time that lamb wandered away, he could tell, that's that lamb. There's Jacob walking away. And that now, once you're broken, you must rely on God to find you. When that lamb would be broken, they would hear the voice of a shepherd singing. And when they would hear the voice of that shepherd singing, they would have an understanding. God may have broke my legs, and I know he might be mad at me, but I hear something singing. Uh, I, I hear something about to happen. And what the Bible says that when somebody repents, when a sinner repents, that all of heaven rejoices and that all of heaven begins to sing. Can I tell you something this morning? Some of you in this place have ran into the judgment of God. And God had to break your legs. God had to break your marriage. God had to break you of that addiction. God had to paralyze some of you. Can I tell you? God was doing that to get you from running so far that you couldn't return can I tell you some of you are at the point of no return don't be surprised when he's got to break your legs that's what would happen can I tell somebody if you keep running I'm can I prophesy for a minute? Can I tell somebody in this room right now, if you keep running and you keep running back to that junk and you keep leaving the flock and living in sin, can I tell you, it won't be long before he breaks your legs. Because if he don't, you'll be at the point of no return. I'd like to know that I got mercy today and didn't have to wait till five weeks down the road and I got hit on a head-on collision and God had to paralyze me from the waist down to know I can live for him right now. I don't have to live this way. I don't have to live in bondage. I ain't got to live in fear. I don't have to live in worry and constant fear. Can I tell you, you can get mercy. You can be forgiven. The judgment of God don't have to come on you. Can we lift up our hands and praise the Lord for a moment? Hallelujah. Can we pray right now? Can we worship Him right now? Can we exalt Him right now? I know you're tired, but come on. Somebody needs to lift up their voice and talk to Him. Somebody needs to say, God, I know I've been running. Oh, God, I know I've been rebellious. Oh, God, God, I know I've been living in sin. But, God, I know that you can give me mercy. You can put me on the right path. I need somebody, I need some young people to start praying. I need some young people in this church to lift up their hands and begin to pray right now. Young men, you should lift up your hands right now and just begin to talk to the Lord. Young ladies, you ought to lift up your hands and be an example. I'll lead this generation. I know the preacher's going to say things we don't always like to hear, but I want to lead my church. <laughs> Can we all pray right now? I know it's heavy. I know it's heavy. I know it's heavy right now. We need to pray. We need a war. We need a prayer warrior right now that will intercede. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Somebody right now needs to lift up your voice in prayer. I'm not going to move or say another word until we start praying. Some of you need the presence of God. Oh, some of you need to feel His Spirit. Can I tell you, if you draw nigh to God, He'll draw nigh unto you. If you'll say, God, I need your mercy, God will give you His mercy. If you say, God, I, I need you to move on me this morning, God will begin to move. But you're going to have to open up your mouth and say, God, I, I'm tired of living that way. Uh, I'm tired of living that way. I'm tired of being that way. Somebody right now, I'm sorry, but you need to lift your voice. There's only so much I can do. Somebody needs to cry out to God right now. Somebody needs to say, Lord, I know I'm not perfect. But like the song says, there's nothing too dirty that you can't make worthy. There's nothing too far gone, broken and messed up that you can't get your hands on and begin to restore it and begin to clean it and wash it and purify it. name of Jesus right now everybody needs to be praying right now you need to get your eyes on God right now Hallelujah. Can we right now just begin to lift up our voice and begin to pray? Hallelujah. I wouldn't wait till I set this microphone down to come to the altar. I'd be coming right now. I'd come right now. I know this is a little, oh, somebody needs to pray in this place. In the name of Jesus right now. Young man here in the blue jacket in the corner right here. It's good to see you playing drums this morning. Can I tell you something? God's mercy's on your life. I want to tell you something I feel like the Lord's dealing with me about. You're anointed. God's got a call for you. But can I tell you? I was talking to my wife this morning. And we were talking about anointing without accountability. And God wants to lead you in, play, in deep places with God. But with that place in your life, you can't wander without being covered by your... And I'm not trying to embarrass you. I needed to hear this. He already knows. God, God speaks to your pastor about you. 
where God wants to take you, it's going to take accountability because there are demons and there are things from hell that hell wants to use to destroy you. It's been sent to destroy you ever since you were a young boy. And I want to tell you right now, without the covering of your pastor, it's very dangerous because sin will drive you away. Addiction can drive you away. All these things can drive you away. But I'm here to tell you, if you'll submit to a pastor, God is going to put an anointing on you that will shake hell. I wish I know some people around here are looking at me like I'm crazy, but you know what I'm talking about. I want you to come up to the front right now. God's got something very special for you today right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus right now. I'm just going to have to obey God. In the name of Jesus right now. In the name of Jesus, I curse pain in her body. In the name of Jesus, I speak for there to be healing virtue from the top of her head to the sole of their feet. According to the word of the Lord and the power that's in the name of Jesus, I speak be healed in the name of Jesus from that ailment in your body and that infirmity in your body. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Be healed in the name of Jesus right now. Be healed in the name of Jesus right now. I need some women to pray for this lady right now. Healing in the name of Jesus. Any pain in her body, we curse it. God's removing it. God's about to remove it. God's about to remove it. God's about to remove it. It's coming off. It's coming off in the name of Jesus. Be healed. Be healed. Uh, we need somebody in this place to stand up. We, everybody stand up in this place. We need everybody standing up right now. If you need a touch in your body, if you need the Holy Ghost, I'd come to the front right now and begin to pray. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm done calling people out unless the Lord tells me to. I come to the altar right now. Nobody's going to judge you. Nobody's going to look at you like you're crazy, but we need some people in the altar right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If you've walked away from God, come back to the altar. There's mercy, there's grace, there's forgiveness. There's power in the blood of Jesus. In the name of Jesus right now. I know sometimes the word's rough. I'm telling you, but I'd rather the word be rougher on me than go down the road and the, and the danger that comes from walking away from God be on me. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm not trying to scare nobody in this place. Oh, but you can get forgiveness. This right here with the pink squares on her shirt. Hey, sis, right here with the with the pink squares on your shirt, right here. God's got a special touch for you this morning. 
I'm not trying to embarrass you, but there's an angel that goes with you. The devil's been lying to you and has tried to tell you you're going to be like other people in your family that don't live for God. And the devil's tried to tell you that you're going to live in that curse on your mind. The devil's been trying to convince you that you're always going to be that way. Can I tell you, the devil's a liar. And he's scared of what's about to happen. If you ever decide to let God do what he wants to do in your life, there's going to be a supernatural breakthrough. I'm sorry. Can I ask you to come up here? You're not here by accident today. I'm not trying to embarrass you. Can I pray for you? name of Jesus right now I curse every lie from the devil I command it to leave her mind in the name of Jesus right now she will be different she's not going to be like them she's going to walk in the power and the anointing and the favor of God in the name of Jesus right now she's not going to walk in addiction like her family has she's going to be free in the name of Jesus she's going to walk in the ways of God we plead the blood of Jesus over every lying spirit from hell that wants to distract her and destroy her in the name of Jesus right now in the name of Jesus, I command that yoke to be broken. That yoke of perversion the enemy's trying to put on her mind. In the name of Jesus. Sis, there's protection on you. I don't know anything about you, but I'm telling you, there's an angel that goes with you. And I'm here to tell you in this place right now that if you'll yield to what God is doing, I'm telling you there's some growth coming in the spirit. The devil can't have your mind. If you have children, he can't have your children. When you make up your mind, I'm going to live for God. I'm going to live for God. I'm gonna live. I ain't got to be like they were. I ain't got to walk in the same way my family did. I'm going to live for him. When you go to your home or wherever you're at, there's going to be a different atmosphere in your home because this angel that led you to this place is going to come and make peace in your home. You're about to have a peace on your mind. The devil's tried to torment you in your mind with dreams, and he's tried to torment you through things that have happened to you in your life, things that were out of your control that you couldn't help that have caused traumatic experiences that have caused you to deal with mental things in your mind. Can I tell you, you're not crazy. That's the devil, and the devil's scared to death that you're about to walk in your destiny in the name of Jesus right now in the name of Jesus right now if somebody can come to the music right now God's wanting to do don't you quit praying don't you quit praying don't quit praying don't quit praying God, you're good. I'm sorry, I got to keep working this. I'm an evangelist today. If you're standing up in this church, I want to ask you, please, I know it may be uncomfortable, can we please push our way to the front? Every one of us. I'm not going to call anybody else out. I'm done calling people out. If you'll come to the front right now, I, God's got a touch for everybody. I might not even lay my hands on you. God's got something for everybody in this place. But if we'll just step out on a word, if we'll just step out on a word and come up behind the church people in this place and get to lift up our hands and pray.
Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. I know it sounded rough, but God had to get that out to somebody. God had to get that to somebody. worship him right now the love of God is in this place the love of God is in this place can we worship him can we just take some time and worship him in this place we pray today that this word has blessed you minister to the needs of your life until next time God bless you.